All right, Glenn, question from Ashley. So we went to a financial advisor yesterday. He had lots of words to say, only some of them sensible. Mostly I got marginally incompetent and mostly predatory vibes with a few red flags thrown in. I'm not a professional, but I feel like I have a good grasp on the basic concepts. Part of asking for outside advice is to help my partner feel more confident. I've got a few ideas that I just wanted to run past someone who has experience and can point out the weak spots that I didn't identify. A pay-for-service situation rather than signing up for something expensive and unnecessary. What are your expectations when you think about choosing an advisor? Now, Glenn, you've been in financial advising territory at the coalface, What's your assessment of this from Ashley? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And what I really think is, there's a couple of points in this uh, paragraph that I want to unpack. The first one, when we talk about expectations, when you think about choosing an advisor, you need to make sure that the advisor that you're going to speak with, even if it's an introduction call, a 15 minute, make sure they look after people like you. I'm not sending someone like Ashley to financial edge group who do retirement advice because one, they're just not suited. And then the other reason that you need to work with financial advisors that work with people like you is some businesses out there, they, and it's getting harder and harder in this day and age, they'll be all things to all people. Mm. And if you've been referred to this uh, advisor, and I think in the comments in the Facebook group, you said uh, you were referred to by your accountant, I mean, are they just taking all accounting clients and is it a tick and flick thing? I don't know the situation, but it always goes back to what is this advice firm and who do they look after? And maybe next time you are looking for an advisor, like go on their website, get a bit of a feel, look at some Google reviews. On the Google review thing though, like like anything, I honestly think, John, if anything's like over 4.1 or 4.2 stars on Google and there's heaps of reviews, it's fine. To pass. <laughs> yeah, because like you, you look at hotels and different things yeah. like that and they're like, oh, they didn't smile at the reception desk and some people's expectations are ridiculous and they'll just leave a one star. But mm. I think, yeah, number one, you've got to look for a business that works with people like you. Number two, and I'll just rehash the reason on the Sort Your Money Out website, uh, I don't just have a list of advisors. The team will actually look uh, at your situation and we will introduce you to someone who works with people like you. So it takes a whole heap of that away. Mm. Uh, and because I just don't want you to call every advisor on my list when I know that not all advisors will help all people. So there's that. But the second thing, John, if you've got a good relation with the accountant, go back to the accountant like, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> and ask mm. the accountant questions like, yeah. I had a really bad experience. Uh, so there's that portion. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Uh, but what I wanted to get to mainly, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I did a bonus episode with the CEO of the Financial Advice Association of Australia. And we talked about the legislation and the cost and all that. The questioner said, ideally, I would like to pay for a service where someone can just look at their plan and see if there's any holes in it or if they can do things better. The way the law is set up in Australia means that I don't know if you would find an advisor who can do that. If they do, they may be breaking the law. The reason why, if someone looks at your current situation and says, yes, that's good, you're on the right track, they've given you advice that the product you have got is a recommendation to hold. And a hold recommendation is a recommendation, a formal recommendation. So that's kind of just a bit of the lay of the land. Now, there are advisors out there that you can pay once off, get a statement of advice, full financial advice, and you don't have to sign up for a yearly thing. But you've got to go through the process because if you did listen to that episode with the CEO of the FAAA, and if you have been to an advisor for those listening, there's a lot of legislation and paperwork to get through and it can add up. So I just wanted to talk about this question namely to say when you are looking for a financial advisor, ask for a referral from a friend or family member who has used that advisor. And secondly, ask them who is their main client, who do they look after. Uh, and I think that will get you a lot of the way. And then, mm. you know, there's, you, you might go, well, I'm a 28-year-old and I want someone who can help me with my money goals. Sure, there could be an advisor who helps 28-year-olds with their money goals who's a total predatory sleazebag, like yeah. <laughs> there's, there's people out there, but I think having those two kind of frameworks in place are a good recommendation for someone you trust and who has used the service, whether it's friend, family member, or like the website sortyourmoneyout.com, or at least doing some research and asking the question, who do you work with? And past history tells me the accountant financial advisor relationship is is sometimes a bit murky. Um, so for for someone like Ashley, uh, is a a good idea to maybe ask them before they're booking the session or as they book. Uh, okay, who do you mainly work with? Um, whether it's a paid or free session, you, you want to be on the same page as to know who that you're working with someone, as you mentioned, that's going to be suitable. That uh, they're working with similar bodies or similar financial situations going forward. Well, it's not even that. It's probably asking, hey is this a service that you guys do? Even in an email or a quick 10-minute phone call. Before you go in and do the Zoom call, hour meeting or go in in person, hey, I've got a situation, can I pay you for three hours to look over it and tell me yes or no? I think most of the time it would be no. I can't do that because it'd be highly against the law because Mm. all advice has to be documented legally. Um, But, you know, the good thing is the government are onto this uh, to try and bring the costs down and make financial advice more accessible. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's a bit of a watch this space. <laughs> 